This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Special Edition Superman, Man of Tomorrow. Creatures from above You used to read me stories As if my dreams were boring We all know conspiracies are dumb What if people knew that these were real Hello, welcome to my fanboy special edition Superman, Man of Tomorrow 
My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I've assembled the One Man Down Animation Brain Trust, Ryan Haupt. Hey, everybody. Paul Montgomery couldn't make this one, which is a bummer. We know how much he loves talking about animated Superman stories. This is the latest release from the DC Universe animated original line of films that started with Superman Doomsday way back in 07. And I think this is the 39th film. I think that's right. Paul usually keeps track of that. I think it's the 39th film. We'll go with that. And there'll be spoilers for this discussion as we talk about the film that was directed by Chris Palmer, written by Tim Sheridan, and starring a whole new cast of characters because, as we talked about last time, with Apocalypse, what was it called? Apocalypse War? Yes. Apocalypse. It was. Apocalypse War, yeah. Yeah. They ended the shared continuity films with the end of that film, and now we're sort of in unknown territory. They haven't announced if they're going to restart a new continuity with some of these shared films right now, these all seem to be on their own. And this is a new adventure of a young Superman on his own, starring Darren Chris as Superman, Zachary Quinto as Lex Luthor, Alexandra Daddario as Lois Lane, Neil Flynn as Jonathan Kent, Bellamy Young as Martha Kent, Aikamati as Martian Manhunter, and Ryan Hurst as Lobo. Those would be the main characters, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, Parasite. Oh, right, Parasite. Brett Dalton. Brett Dalton as Parasite. So... This is an interesting discussion, I think. I'm curious to see what you think, Ryan. We haven't talked about it yet. I was excited for this movie. I liked the trailer. I liked this featurette for the next film on the DVD, and I always watch, try to watch those. I was excited for it. But I was all over the place on this one. Yeah, it's a big swing, which I appreciate. It's a big swing. It's, it's feature length. It's 86 minutes. And I didn't know that going into it, but it became quite apparent when it hit the part that I wasn't so into. I was like, God, how long is this? Is that Lobo? It's an hour and a half, basically, which is crazy. It's, it's officially a full-length animated film of Superman. And the basic story is that Clark is new in town. He is an intern at the Daily Planet, and he has a secret. He's not yet become Superman. He's just a guy who sort of flies around looking like the dude from Ex Machina in like a hat and flying glasses and leather cap and goggles yeah know. and he saves the day that way and so the course of this film he becomes superman and there's a very heavy sort of alien story here in which uh we deal with lobo we deal with martian manhunter we deal with parasite becoming parasite because of an alien intervention so it becomes a little bit about acceptance of people from outside of your planet and or outside of your world so there's that sort of story going on but it's also a big rock'em sock'em superhero battle between all these characters what did you think overall? When the movie finished, what was your thought? I think I liked it. Mm-hmm. I felt good about this one. I know it's a story that's been told over and over again, but I don't know. I'm just a sucker for the, the Superman origin story. Yeah. I love the I love the young, naive farm boy moving to the big city, meeting Lois, l- learning about the Daily Planet gang, encountering Lex for the first time. I also, I like whenever a story finds a new way to spin sort of how Clark learns about his heritage. I Mm -hmm. think that there's a lot of different ways to do that. And I don't have even in my own mind, like one set in continuity way of like, this is definitely how Clark learned of his Kryptonian heritage and and culture and lineage. Like I like that there's ways to riff on it either with having other characters who have some extra knowledge or, you know, some sort of crystal storage device. Like it's cool. So I, I, you know, enjoy seeing a riff on that. This was an interesting direction to take a character like parasite they essentially make him a kaiju by the end of the movie yeah i went back and forth in the animation style i really liked the designs Mm -hmm. the style itself was a little stiff i've been doing the show since 2007 i don't remember when you joined on but we've been doing this for a long time that being said we aren't experts in animation production even though for my one of my old day jobs i almost became an expert in it but didn't end up happening so i think from my rudimentary knowledge that this was done in flash animation as opposed to yeah it has that look 
And so it's got the very thick lines around the characters, which I didn't dislike. They look kind of like comic book drawings that way. But also everyone kind of had a herky-jerky kind of motion to their movements. It wasn't really smooth a lot of the time. It's a style that's much cheaper than the traditional way of animation, so that, I don't know if that's a, um, a factor or not. So as a result, it looked kind of cheaper, which is fu- interesting because it was a full-length film. I didn't mind the visual look. I just didn't like how it affected the movement of the, the characters and the action. It didn't always happen that way, but it did happen a lot, where they, they sort of move very stiffly or in one piece at a time. Mm-hmm. And so there's that. I'm sure there's people who hated the way it looked, and I can't really argue with that because it, it is what it is. You either like the way Flash looks or you don't. I was really into like the first half. Which is funny because okay. I traditionally hate Lobo. You do. That's true. I really liked the first half. I liked the whole beginning with Clark in town. I liked, you know, the Lex scene, even though it was kind of sadly hysterical that uh, recording of Lex saying something would bring him down in this day and age. By a grad student, no less. Yeah. A lot of grad student uh, power in this <laughs> in this universe. In this day and age, Lex would just say, "Oh, that's that's been doctored with," and that'd be fine, and then they would blow over. But I like that bit. Lobo comes. They have a fun fight. I like the arc of Clark becoming Superman through Lois's influence plus his mom's. I love the introduction of Martian Manhunter. I liked the origin of Parasite. I liked the beginning bit of Parasite when he was sort of humanoid. And then basically once he became a monster, that's when I started losing interest. For spending an hour pounding on a mindless creature is just not that interesting to me. Yeah, there's like a progression. So in the beginning, he's not quite the person from the comics. He's sort of like an amplified human with like, you know, his veins are turning purple. Like it, it looked, it looked good. And then the middle section was like him as like a almost like a xenomorph. Yeah, it's like it's like every creature designed from sci-fi movies now. Like he's like they look like the alien from Signs. Like it's like every alien looks design looks like that. Like the lo- elongated. They love you know, doing limbs, like chick- the chicken legs. Yeah, the with chicken the legs, and then like the the big chomping, you know, flat head and. She's like, oh, this is a really boring design. I, I don't like this at People all. People always call it reverse knee, but that's not what it is. But I'm <laughs> not, we don't have time. <laughs> and then at the end, it becomes basically Godzilla. And it was just like... Yeah, Kaiju. <sighs> and that's when the movie started to feel long to me. I was like, oh, God, they're still pounding on this giant parasite. The wrinkle here, and I don't know if this is from the comics. I don't th- recall ever having read this before. It was that traditionally parasite touches you and sucks up your life force. That's how he powers himself. You know, that's why he's parasite. But here, he also took your powers, like Rogue and your memories and thoughts. So when he touched Superman, he basically became Superman with Superman's powers, and Superman lost his powers, and uh, I didn't love that bit. When it was Superman, it was Lois, and it was Lex, and it was Martian Manhunter, when it was a little bit of Parasite, and it was the Kent family. Like, I loved all that. I thought that was really fun and, and engaging, and it's just like the last bit that was just like endless pounding on a giant Godzilla Parasite from Lobo and from Clark and from Martian Manhunter and then Lex Luthor getting involved. I just didn't find that as interesting. What did you think of Super Hipster Lois? She was fine as a young, you know, like... I liked it. I, was, the scene. I, was, I liked her character. Yeah. Like, it, like if you took this group and you sort of went forward with this as a continuity, I'd be fine with it. Like, I like this dynamic. I, I thought that cast was really great. I agree. I didn't think there was a bad voice in the cast. Zachary Quinto was a little bit underused as Lex because Lex wasn't a huge part of the story, but I thought he was a great Lex. I thought Darren Chris was a really strong, young Clark. Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to Neil Flynn, and he did not disappoint. I really Neil liked. Flynn was great. Jonathan Kent and his wife Bellamy Young was great. They were great characters in the little time they had. Ike Amadi was a great Martian Manhunter. Alexander Daddario was a great Lois Lane. Brett Dalton was good as Parasite. I liked Ryan Hurst from The Walking Dead as Lobo. He was really good from a voice character perspective. I thought it all worked. I thought all the elements worked. It just ended up 
just I get kind of bored at the end. Once Parasite showed up as Godzilla size, I was like, oh, I don't really, I don't really care about this anymore. So it was a bummer because I was really into the first hour. I was like, oh, this is or first hour long it was. I wasn't paying attention. The final boss battle, I didn't really understand the mechanics of what, like it, it was set up in such a way where I wasn't quite sure what the plan even was. Like, cause Lex mm-hmm. is like, don't worry, I've got a plan. But then right. we never find out what that plan was other than Lex double crosses Superman. And I'm like, okay, well, could have seen that coming. Right. And then we, we get an almost Chernobyl, which seems like could have been easily prevented by just keeping the power plant staffed. <laughs> was it Superman's idea not to turn the power plant off? Somebody's was like, that was, yeah, I, I got a little confused. Admittedly, but didn't Lex say turn the power plant off? Superman was like, no, don't. And then I was like, well, that was weird. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. That's when the movie started to feel long to me. It was a really fun Superman Metropolis world that they were in. That was one thing I wanted to touch on was this is like futuristic Metropolis, even by futuristic Metropolis standards. I felt like it was the city itself. I'm like, if you told me this was Kandor on Krypton, I would believe it because it was so high. It was so futuristic. So kind of retro modern. What's that architectural style that the Chrysler building is? Art Deco. Art Deco, it was super Deco, but it was also like the city itself looked crazy spread out. I mean, it looks yeah. like there are skyscrapers going on four miles, right? But but still like a lot of open, very utopia style green spaces as well. So it looks like a pleasant city to live in, even though I'm not necessarily a, a super hardcore city person. I also really like it whenever shows and animators stick to their guns and just make Kansas as flat as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in like Smallville because, you know, I guess they were up in Canada or something. There's always like mountains in the background. And I'm like, that's not, that's not the Kansas I've ever been to. Did you think that they had killed off the Martian Manhunter halfway through? Yes, I did. Because there was no, I mean, you know, he catches on fire. There's no reasonable, there's no hint that it's a fake out. I did too. And I, I know I'm sure most people didn't, but there's no rules of these films. You could theoretically kill off the Martian Manhunter halfway through this movie to, to raise the stakes. And it was brutal. Yeah, that was a tough scene. I did like eyebrows raised, head turned back to the side, like look, watching it on the side of my eye. I was like, oh shit. Him getting roasted by Parasite with Superman's heat vision was, was rough. I love Martian Manhunter, and I think this is a great version of it, even if I didn't necessarily think it needed all of those costume blingy elements, but it was enough close to the original look that I'm okay with it. I missed the original head. I loved that head with the giant protruding yeah, brows, yeah, yeah, but yeah. now they now they all give him that alien side head thing. But all in all, I, I liked him a lot in this film. I love Martian Manhunter, too. Such a weird character. First of all, I, lo- I thought it was hilarious when like they're finally introduced, and Clark says, are you another bounty hunter? And he goes, no. And I'm like, wait, shouldn't you at that next say, I'm a man hunter? <laughs> like, <laughs> also, it's just to me, you know, I know I, I tend to, to look at things through my science lens, but it's so weird that, like, the species on the next planet over to us evolved to look completely different. And then this species from a completely different part of the galaxy looks exactly human. <laughs> Listen, you go back to the Silver Age and tell these guys in the 60s that they're all wrong. I mean, I would try, but I think that would be a pretty wasteful use of time travel. <laughs> I have this one-time use travel device. I will be using it to go back in time and fixing comic book science and Please make betrayal. Kryptonians look more like Martians and Martians look more like Kryptonians. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I'll be taking questions. Also, what is Martian vision? Clearly not exactly heat vision. Not quite sure what it is. Yeah. I just love him, though. I just... Oh, he's great. He's great. I mean, they give him a little bit of an edge. You know, like, he shows up at Smallville and he, you know, invades Pa Kent's brain and, you know, to create that psychic link. And I like that it sort of stuck with Pa Kent. Like, he's like, You're, I'm okay with you, but don't ever do that to me again. Yeah. I like that. I thought Tim Sheridan's script was good. I thought 
again, like the f- first however long, we'll say 45 minutes, but I'm totally making a number up. I was like, Man, this is this is really good. And then the, the scene of him trying to tie his tie in his apartment with his yeah, parents on great. FaceTime. That was cute. Like they're like fumbling around with the phone. They can't get the orientation right. Like that's that's definitely. <laughs> Lil, you see, Lois likes the idea of a cape, which I guess that was a picture of Batman. It was hard to tell. Yeah, it was. It, it was. was. I, I, cape. I went back and, and double checked that because I was like, wait, I, it was a blink and you miss it sort of thing. But yeah. yeah, and and Martha mentions Batman too when she's designing the costume, which is interesting. It puts Batman ahead of Superman in terms of showing up in the world. I like them, you know, trying to figure out his costume just to the extent of putting a red sheet around his shoulders because, you know, Lois likes the costume. And, and I like turning the tables on her. Her whole thing is she subverts the power dynamic between her and powerful men, which is great. And then, But because Clark knows it, she, he doesn't let her do it with Superman, which was a fun little dynamic for their relationship. Which I think totally... They did a couple of really smart things. One, when he's, you know, depowered a little bit from yep. the parasite attack. So he's, like, physically injured. So Lois sees Clark injured, which I think helps... Because, you know, part of it is, like, if you're going to modernize it and set it up in a world where everyone's got smartphones and cameras yeah. and stuff, the love triangle between Clark Lois and Superman is a little sillier, and it's already pretty silly. But if you set it up in such a way that she's seen Clark injured and this version of Superman, like, he does a good job of acting very different as Superman than he does as Clark. And, yeah. yeah. So I like some of those touches that, to me, just fleshed out that relationship and made the idea that, like, Lois would be really into Superman and kind of forget about Clark make sense. Well, of course you'd be in Superman. You know, who wouldn't be after seeing him fly around naked for the first... He did fly around naked in his Lobo fight. That was a choice. <laughs> it's like, oh. Because I saw, you know, the opening, it tells you the rating and tells you what's coming. And it was like partial nudity. And I was like, really? <laughs> and then there's a part where Clark's clothes get blown off in the fight. Lobo is he's fighting him naked. And I was like, well, that's interesting. That is a way to go. I mean, yeah, it's a mixed bag for me. Mixed bag, but I mostly liked it. Yeah, I, I, but I finished up thinking, that's a bummer. I don't know if I even ever watch it again. You know, I could maybe watch the beginning because I really did love that setup, and I'd love to see more Superman type stories in that world. I think Perry's portrayal was great. It was just a really fun, funny newsroom. Ron Troop was good in a little bit he was in. It was just really fun until it got kind of, I don't want to say boring, but kind of rote with the big monster fight in the water. He just looked so much like Godzilla to me. What did you think of Lobo? I still don't like Lobo. I knew Lobo was in this movie, but I was legitimately surprised when Lobo appeared because, you know, like there's this scene where like suddenly all the news cameras are like, oh my God, something's approaching Earth, you know, it's approaching our atmosphere. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be, you know, he's going to have to fight off some asteroid or something. He's just some sort of classic Superman averting a natural disaster, which yeah. there is not. All right, I'm going to sidebar. Yeah. There is not enough Superman stories of him averting natural disasters anymore. <laughs> Got to get back to him changing the course of mighty rivers and like right. plugging dams. I want, right. I love those are some of my favorite Superman stories. It doesn't always have to be fighting a villain. He can be fighting against nature. Nature is powerful. It's cool to see him try to figure out how to deal with problems much bigger than himself. Right. The end. Um, yeah. So when it, when I was expecting something else, because there's no way, I mean, I guess their science is much, much better, but there's no way we would detect something the size of, of Lobo and his bike coming up close to the atmosphere. We might notice it in the data months after the fact and be like, wow, good thing that didn't hit us. It could have been bad. You don't know what Star Labs has that on hand. They have ultra-sensitive sensors. Yeah, but the fact that it was on the news, like breaking news story. <laughs> like how many, how many, you know, I guess we live in a time when there are breaking news stories coming out of labs because of the coronavirus. But like, yeah, that's just not the way that the, the science uh, information trickles out to the public. So I thought that was a little silly. This movie did not change my opinion of Lobo. I still don't like Lobo and think he's kind of dumb. And the whole shtick of the overly macho, overly aggressive biker dude. 
I just don't have any fondness for his whole thing of like, I'm the last Axiom because I killed all the rest of them. I'm like, all right, well, that's not, uh, that's not something to be proud of. If you're going to use him, this was probably the best use of him for me. He's not really the main person. Oh, he is the main man. He's don't, not the main antagonist in the story. You know, he's sort of part of this weird alien triumvirate. He helps save the day. There's sort of a detente with him and Superman, and he leaves. Like, it's just like, if you're going to use Lobo, this is the way to do it for me. I'll often complain about characters in comics in, the, in our regular show, but, like, there's only a handful that I really truly dislike, and he's one of them. For whatever reason, they like using Lobo. They use Lobo in the original Superman the Animated Series. Wasn't he on the Krypton TV show? He was, I think. I stopped watching that, but I'm pretty sure he was, yes. They just like him. I don't know why. They just do. I just don't care for him. But again, if you're going to use him, this was fine. Yeah, I mean, the idea of these are three individuals who are very each, different. The la- each very different, but each the last member of their species, theoretically. Right. Uh, Lobo kind of drops some hints that there might be other Martians and other Kryptonians out there, which, of course, we know there are. Right. Yeah. I can't expect we're ever going to see a direct sequel to this, no. though. Didn't have that feeling to me. No, and I don't, I don't know if they're, they're heading to doing that again, where they have, you know, part of the line is sequelized. But for now, at least, that doesn't seem to be indicating that. I mean, listen, if it sells like gangbusters, they'll do it, but probably not. Also, I think it's important to mention the wonderful beard that the train engineer oh, yeah. the rail has. His, that was just an excellent, very excellent beard. I was like, man, this guy should be a superhero with a beard like that. I'm still waiting for the animated Superman movie with a beard. Oh, maybe I'll get it one day. So this was interesting because we had recently the return of the showcase shorts to these films, but this there was this was the first one in a while that hasn't had a short because they're done, you know, attaching them to the films. And now the next one that's going to come out is this the Death in the Family one that's going to be anchoring the collection of sh- all the shorts they've done recently, much like the Superman Shazam adventure short that they anchored the original collection of sh- of the shorts. So. There was no short to talk about for this disc. I watched part of the featurette on the next film, and I had to stop because, A, they've been giving away a lot of story information on these featurettes, so I haven't been watching them all the way to completion. But, B, like, they, it was just so hokey. The production of it was just super hokey, and I couldn't. it was annoying me. But Wait, what is it? So here's what we know. For people who, if this is your first Anime Brain Trust episode, I get these movies digitally because I admit to myself that I'm probably never going to watch them again. Connor gets the discs because yeah. he has this dream in his heart that he's going to rewatch these someday. And I watch some of them, but I also, my, I just want to support the line. I want to, con- to continue. So we had announcements at DC Fandom about, about the next year of these films. And it looks like we might get four or five releases. When is Death in the Family coming out? That is this year. So we'll have... Batman Death in the Family, which is the interactive short that comes out this year in, in December. And then... That's going to be interesting. Yeah, so we'll be back to talk about that one. But then next year, we have the next film, which is Batman Soul of the Dragon, which is the return of Bruce Tim. You know, Bruce Tim used to run the whole line. He left. He comes back for selected films that interest him. This is his next film, and it's basically set... Or it's inspired by the 70s. He talked in the feature about how like it's his favorite time of his life, this, you know, the early 70s and the music and the fashion. And then, you know, he was big in the kung fu movies, which were big in the early 70s. So this is basically Batman as ensemble kung fu film starring a bunch of those 70s kung fu characters, including Lady Shiva and Richard Dragon and Bronze Tiger. So it's, it's, they said it's almost like a um, straight ensemble where you're following a bunch of these characters around. It looks cool. At one point, Batman's got shaggy 70s hair, and it's a young Batman. So it looks the, the animation looks cool. The character lineup's interesting. 
it's really outside of the framework of these films. So it'll probably be fun. I'm hoping it'll be fun. It'll just be interesting to watch and talk about. I'm looking forward to the interactive death in the family. I mean, that's not my, you know, favorite Batman story out there, but I'm really intrigued to see how they incorporate the sort of choose your own adventure elements. Yeah. And it's interesting because they already did death in the family in the opening of red hood, but we'll see. I mean, death in the family was also the, one of the ultimate choose your own adventure moments in publishing because they let right. the callers they did. choose what happened so it just kind of, it kind of makes sense to migrate it to that format digitally i'm i'm, I'm intrigued so then after soul of the dragon in early 2021 in i guess mid mid to early 2021 you're going to get justice society colon world war ii and we know nothing else about that other than it's a justice society animated film which kind of blew all of our minds when we, we heard about it so that's something to look forward to we're all big society fans here oh heck yeah so that'll be fun hopefully and then the end of the year, the two-part Batman The Long Halloween film, we had the two-part Batman The Dark Knight Returns adaptation and the two-part Death of Superman adaptations. Now we're getting Batman The Long Halloween, which will be interesting because it's mostly a mystery. It's a murder mystery. It's not really like a big action-adventure story, although there is action in it. And also we didn't love Hush, which is also sort of a more mystery-focused. Yeah, and Batman The Long Halloween is is a seminal favorite for a lot of people. It's not one of my favorite Batman stories. I like it fine. I own the Absolute Edition. I, I enjoyed reading it when it came out, but I don't put it in my, like, my top 10 Batman stories of all time. But it doesn't mean it's not a good story. It's just, it's very popular amongst a lot of Batman fans. It's like a top five story. Tim Sale was one of my favorite artists when I was getting back into comics in college. His stuff really blew me away. And I, I don't know that I've seen him do much recently, but you know, I'm always curious to, to what degree they will try to adapt the artist's style into right. the animation which i think i think it can work really well and i think it can work not so well and yeah that'll be something i'll be curious to see so those are the four one two three, five releases we know about between now and the end of next year batman death in the family batman uh soul soul of the dragon what was that <laughs> son of the dragon i forgot something of the dragon justice society and then the two-part long halloween so yeah so that's five animated releases on this line of the next year so it's not slowing down then again, none of those films are in sort of a shared world. So I guess we're just moving forward and seeing what happens. You don't think Justice Society might set it's, something it's, up? Listen, it's certainly possible. No, you listen, Connor. Also, clearly with all the upheaval at Warner Brothers, who knows what's going on. I think we're just happy that these films are coming out. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But there's a lot to talk about in the future, including our weekly show, which we talk about the weekly comics. But before we get to that wrap-up point, let's talk about this film Rating. Ratings out Ratings. of five stars. I'm just going to give it... Ratings. Th- three stars. I really loved the first half. I really didn't like the second half. I think it averages out to a three. I was debating between a 3.5 or a 3.75. Mm-hmm. And I think... Uh, I think I like it a little more after our discussion. So I think I'm going to go 3.75. All right, there you go. So there's your Superman Man of Tomorrow... Uh, discussion. If you want to talk about the film, you can go to fanboy.com. There'll be a post for the show. You can talk about it there. Or in the any myriad of ways you guys contact us through social media or our, our patron groups and our Discord server and our patron Facebook group. Everyone, it's no longer all centered around the website. It's all over the internet now. You can, you can tell us what you thought of this film and we're happy to hear what you think. And then we'll be back for the next one, which is it said Death in the Family in October. The Brain Chest will return. And until then, I am Connor. And I'm Ryan. Now, Connor, can we just go ahead and talk about Chernobyl for a while? Sure. Power plant scene got me thinking about how (laughs) great that show was. Oh, no!